welcome to the Positive View Podcast, a podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. And today's episode, we're going to talk about being messy and imperfect. I love this one, and I'm glad we decided to open with this one, because a lot of us just going into doing this podcast is us deliberately showing that we're messy and imperfect, because I always feel like, um, like one of the questions I always ask is like, why do I feel this need to do things perfectly or not at all? I agree. And we've talked about it a lot in that it really can get in the way of getting started and working towards the things that you want. So in looking at where to start, because this is the first podcast for me, and I think for you as well, uh, knowing that there are going to be some bumps in the road, we could either embrace that or never do it. And I think we both find value in doing, in trying and doing the work and seeing where it takes us. Yeah, I, I'm learning to find the value in that. I've got to say, it doesn't come to me naturally. I, uh, I'm a happy person, but I, the reason why I love it, it's the Positive View podcast is not because like, I, I don't want to be one of those, the world is all perfect and everything's great and my life is fantastic. I like the idea that being positive is something that you can work towards and you can get better at. And it's a skill that can be honed uh, and used to affect positive change in your life. And I love that we're doing it imperfectly uh, because I've always liked videos and podcasts where people are very genuine and they're not pretending like they have all the answers. Like I Mm -hmm. love before and after photos, but I feel like everybody shows me the after and I really relate stronger in some sense to the before. And I just Mm -hmm. really would have liked to have known the before them because I feel like the before person is the one that does all the work and the after person is the person gets all the credit. So I just would like to spend a little time. uh, So I offer myself to the uh, podcast listening public as very much a before kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I do. I think that's a great way to look at it. And, and also in, in choosing the name, the positive view, like you said, it's not that we're out to be a Pollyanna about everything, because certainly uh, we recognize that there are challenges in life. um, Things don't go the way you want. Things don't look the way you want. But the important thing is to look for the opportunities. And I think both of us have had an opportunity uh, to see what trying to focus on positivity, how that can really affect your life. Um, It maybe maybe won't make things perfect, uh, but definitely there is a quality to seeing opportunity, even in the most challenging times, to just help you get out of those situations. And that for me is really what I hope, um, one of the things I hope that we're really able to do for the folks who decide to spend a little bit of time with us. Um, Yes, it is an opportunity for us as well uh, to be working through some things as far as embracing, especially with this topic, embracing that things don't have to be perfect to be good. Um, So hopefully if we can do that for other people, I think that is going to be just an exceptional, exceptional thing. Yeah. And what I'm hoping is like what I liked about us, um, like reconnecting and holding each other accountable every week is a long time ago, we did something where, you know, a group of us met every morning for breakfast and it was a really great time. Um, You know, when we could talk about more about that later for me to like, just check in with people and commit to doing something all the time. And then us having conversations every week, just 
made me feel more committed. And there is mm -hmm. a tool. Like I think accountability is a tool. And also just being around other positive people or people who are at least attempting to be positive mm -hmm. is a great way to build that tool. Because it's one thing to say, hey, I want to be a more positive person. I want to get through roadblocks. I want to, you know, get away from my own perfectionist thinking. But it's another thing, like, how do you do it? And one of the things that's helped me is the two of us talking every week and also mm -hmm. uh, watching videos and listening to podcasts that really talk the real talk where it's not all, hey, my life is beautiful. And then it even got more beautiful. And then you know, no more of, you know, uh, I was really bummed out because the people at my job are kind of or the people that are surrounding me are kind of really just um, complaining all the time. And it's making me feel cranky. And it's hard to feel positive when I wake up every day. And sometimes, like, I spend a lot of my time alone, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. And it and everybody I know seems to be so busy. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I wanted to create a community where people who are really genuinely trying to improve their lives can be around other people who are, like, dedicated to trying. And not everybody where you can never complain or nothing ever goes wrong. But, like, where everyone was at least trying to be... Uh, a more positive version of themselves, a better version of themselves, like the version that they always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like accountability, uh, community, those are two like really key tools to making that happen. I think the important part too is looking at accountability, not as, you know, if we're, if we're talking accountability, it's not that you're going to come and say, wow, Brianna, you really didn't get that done this week. How could you? Um, you should do it better. Why aren't you more perfect? I think the accountability piece, and I'm, I'm taking this from a, a book that I read recently, it really is about calling someone up. So if, you know, we've talked about things and I've talked a little bit about some goals that I have, and maybe I'm struggling to meet, meet one of those goals, it really is accountability is about calling someone up to, here's the goal that you want for yourself. Here's what you've done up until this point, here's what's worked, here's what hasn't, let's get more into what works so that we can keep moving forward. It's not like, wow, you didn't, you didn't do that. So maybe you should just give up and stop. Um, it, it really is about that positive push. And sometimes positive means you have to give a little tough love or help people see things because they are too close to whatever it is that they're, that they're aiming for. But the goal is to help people keep moving forward, help yourself keep moving forward, um, rather than either stagnating or, unfortunately, which I tend to, I think I tend to do, just stopping altogether. Um, and then you don't, you, you're, you're not getting anywhere. Um, and then you have the, you know, potentially you have the guilt and the shame about not only not doing it perfectly, you have the guilt and the shame about not meeting your goals. And then there's more guilt and shame uh, about stopping if that's, you know, where you find yourself. And I just feel strongly that that's not the life I want to live. That's not the life I want for other people. So as you said, with accountability and communi community, bringing people together to work together to get each individual where they need to be. There is I think a lot to say for surrounding yourself with like-minded people. I completely agree. And like a lot of the things that has held me back in the past are like a lot of thoughts of mine where I either, I call myself the world's most insecure egomaniac. I'm either, 
too good to start small or more likely, um, why the hell would somebody want that, that I made? Like, who am I to think I'm that? Uh, or like this, um, uh, I, for instance, you know, recently I've been trying to, or I've, I've been considering the hobby of gardening, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been telling you about it. And one of the things that kind of has, makes me hesitate to try new things is my history of past failures. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have this deal where I get really excited about doing something and then I learn all about it. And then when it comes to execution, I've sort of built up this elaborate plan of what everything could be that I can't just distill it down to what I can do right now. Mm -hmm. and, and then sometimes I just do a little bit at a time and it feels like I'm never going to get to the end. And I'm trying to learn to be, um, to allow myself to realize that some of the projects that I started once I'm in, Sometimes I quit and that's the victory. Sometimes it's like, oh, it turns out I don't want to be a screenwriter. Do you know what I mean? Like I went and I was part of this professional screenwriting group and more people talked about what it's like to be a screenwriter. And I realized, oh, actually, I don't enjoy the idea of writing this and the odds are nobody's ever going to read it. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't feel worth it to me. And then also I learned about how much money most screenwriters make. And I went, oh, I'm not into that at all either. And so I don't see myself as a failed screenwriter. I see myself as somebody who realized, oh, my dream isn't there. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to remember that. Like, I mean, it's hard to remember that in the moment. You know, like every time I start something, I kind of have this here we go again kind of feeling uh, because of how many things I've started and mm -hmm. then just not finished. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about, or you're talking about similar things in my life as well. I love reading a good book. So if there's a new thing, let me read a book about it. And then, then I'll, then I'll jump right in and, and I'll go all for it. But usually um, I get halfway through the book uh, and, and no, I don't want to do this thing anymore. But is it because I'm truly not interested in the thing or because I've now built it up into being so such a, a big deal that there's this fear then that I'm going to get into it and not be good at it or not like it or whatever the case may be. So rather than working through that discomfort, being okay with not being an expert out of the gate, um, I just stop altogether. And I think, you know, as we said before, this, this podcast is one of those things. I've never done this before. It's freaking me out. I'll be totally honest, but it is also something that I feel very drawn to that. It could be a lot of fun um, and uh, be helpful for both of us as well as for other people. So giving it a go, sticking with it, even though I don't feel like um, I definitely don't feel like an expert and it's kind of scaring me. So <laughs> This is I, so weird. <laughs> I know when we decided to do it, we decided we're just going to come in and do it. We're going to open up with an episode about doing things messy and imperfect as like a way to sort of get us started and also to show people that, you know, it can start, you know, from any place whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So this is our before photo, you yeah. know, this first episode. But I will say there's something about breaking it down. Like we took a, like a week or two. Do you know what I mean? To go, okay, well, let's just uh, figure out a title. Let's mm -hmm. figure out, you know, a some topics we brainstormed. And then we picked this one as the very first one, because I think it's a great way to start. Um, and it's just like breaking down, like I told you, I started gardening microgreens because I figured out they grow the fastest. So I would know, you know, in in seven days, whether or not I killed these radish plants. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And 
and I had the victory of actually being able to grow something that I could eat, which I found impressive. And it was surprisingly easy and incredibly rewarding. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things I've robbed myself of in the past mm -hmm. is I feel like one victory has to be, um, you know, it has to be perfect mm -hmm. um, because otherwise, you know, why bother, you know, go big or go home, but not big in a messy way. It's going to go big, go great or be nothing. Um, and I think I'm very comfortable in the, um, be nothing because as much as people have said when you're a kid you could do anything you want to do you know that just always seems so vague but the criticism i've gotten in life has been amazingly specific <laughs> and so that um that's one of those deals where it's like a lot of the things about being positive where they say things like happiness is a choice they just feel like a bunch of platitudes yeah. and that's why like i wanted us to really talk about you know what does being imperfect mean? You know what I mean? Sometimes it means starting on something, just getting into it so you can decide whether or not it's something you even want to do so you can quit. Mm -hmm. And then other times, like with this, I thought I was going to have a whole backyard garden. I mean, I had, you know, I had like a shopping list where I was going to, you know, get some eight by 10. And maybe I'll do that later. But honestly, with my little tray uh, from the TV dinner thing that I used as like a grow pot and some seeds in, off the internet, I've, you know, made myself you know, toppings for a salad and a sandwich. And I'm pretty psyched about it considering it was very simple yeah. and I get all the rewards with considerably less work and also not that, um, what I would call um, a box of failure staring at me <laughs> in my backyard for the next seven months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I tried to put a garden bed up and then got all tired and wandered off. Right. You know, this way I could get the experience and then see if I want to go bigger or just stay here. Right. Like sometimes imperfect i just one of the things i really got to get my head around is um one what my best effort sometimes looks like isn't as grand as i thought it would be and two sometimes that's good enough mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes even doing the smaller things is is the perfect thing because it's the thing that you can handle so one of my challenges is patience of working through you know i like to say you know, when I'm doing something new or I'm going for something, it's like I'm at point A, I can see point Z, but I don't want to wait to get through the other letters. If I'm at A, <laughs> please, just can we be at Z? And so there isn't that I don't always have the patience to work through the challenge to get through those those other letters. And so I might get to like C <laughs> and be so <laughs> frustrated that I'm not done yet that I just am like, well, this isn't this isn't for me but I don't really know if it's for me or not because I truly haven't given it the opportunity so looking at where we're trying to go with this just knowing that part of the messy is I have to get I have to start learning to be a little more okay with not being an expert you know 10 minutes into this new thing that I'm trying to do because one not realistic Two, if I'm expecting to be an expert out of the gate for everything, I definitely won't get much done. And I definitely am not going to be able to find those times to um, try new things because I'll be so worried that I'm not doing it exactly right. Um, not doing it as good as whoever else may be in my vicinity. Um, and that that uh, what I'm starting to recognize is. Is leaving me wanting to do a lot and 
it feels like that I'm missing out on opportunities and missing out on trying to have a fuller life. That's it. Oh man, the fuller life. Because I have a plenty fine life. I mean, I don't want to paint a picture of me being some sort of weird loser in a, you know what I mean? Like I have a pretty okay life. I enjoy lots of the people in my life and, you know, I'm positive and grateful for what I have. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I lean on being grateful as an excuse not to want more, you know, because I'm afraid of being greedy or who do I think I am? And then I also have this weird thing, even with small things like errands or planning like a party or an outing where I'm literally so worried that, you know, oh, we're, you know, people aren't showing up at the exact right moment, we might lose the table and, you know, all this stuff mm -hmm. where this elaborate, or just a dinner out with friends that I had to, because, you know, some of my friends just flake all over the place and I'm the person in charge of, you know, corralling everybody somewhere. I'm worried that it's all going to be ruined. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, now Christmas is ruined. Mm -hmm. Like, I, there used to be a time in my life where there was like an efficient way to run my errands. Like, okay, so if I go this way, all the errands are on the right side of the street. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and then I make a U-turn and then they're on the left and I missed the first turn. And I literally was like, ah, now it's all ruined. Now it's going to take forever. <laughs> like, you know, for the sake of a U-turn and a left-hand turn across traffic, I am already going through a drive-through. Like I am out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I am not doing this. Christy's just and going home. Just, no, we're just, it turns out that I don't need any clean laundry or do groceries. <laughs> I'm straight to the nearest drive through something. Do you know what I mean? Like, or like a diet where I ate one wrong thing, mm -hmm. right? You know, I'm eating healthy today. And it's like, well, you ate a Big Mac. Well, I might as well get the shake to go with it. Like, <laughs> what? What kind of logic is that? Or, well, I'll wait to start on Monday because, you know. Yeah. Because there's some arbitrary, like, I've got to start on a Monday so that it's, or the first. It's like, I could start, I could literally start at 1, fail at 105, and restart at 110. There's nobody keeping score here. Absolutely. Like, what the hell is my problem? <laughs> <laughs> yep, it is. Um, I had someone tell me recently it's progress, not perfection. And I think at first that sounds, it, it, that sounds like, hmm, okay, that seems super simple and very obvious but when you really get into it and try to especially like I said before that A to Z situation I'm not going to get to Z right off the bat so what I need to take the win for what I need to see as being the positive is getting from A to B so whether it's I got to A to B today and I'm going to hang out at B for a little bit and just feel it out and see how it goes I got to A to B and tomorrow, you know what, I'm back at A. It doesn't matter if I'm back at A as long as I keep moving forward. And I think, um, I mean, I feel I've had the same wait till Monday. Everything starts on Monday. Everything on Monday will be great. Doesn't matter what I do in these four days between now and Monday. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I should just go whole hog right. and like eat everything inside. My last or... meal. Let me just do this thing. Yeah, no. Um so it is the progress. So yes, maybe on Monday, I'll have a better plan in place. But how about before I get to Monday, um, I do some small things just to kind of help me start off on the right foot. Um, and that is, I think, very obvious. Um, for some folks, that's just something that is a part of their lives. And they're maybe listening and thinking, wow, you're crazy. Uh, lady, why can't you get your act together? <laughs> Um, but for those of us who uh, 
maybe can't always get our act together or just are or just have lots of thoughts and feelings as I like to say (laughs) right and are embracing that we are messy humans and we are imperfect I think keeping keeping focus on the progress and finding the opportunity to um, celebrate those wins and to stay try to stay positive or at least see the positive that's coming out of something uh, that may not be perfect is is incredibly helpful yeah, and one of the things that I like about being positive, and it's one of the things that we discovered when we were doing, uh, you know, like meeting regularly and talking, and we've had in other conversations that I have to remember, is being positive doesn't mean that I don't feel sad or mm-hmm. defeated. Mm-hmm. It means I can feel all of those feelings, but not get wrapped into telling myself a story where this setback means uh, now I'll never get it right. You know, oh yeah, that just goes to show you I'll never win. You know, like all those weird stories where I think this one defeat is representative of why I shall never succeed <laughs> in this world. Do you know, like, cause I really, and then when you were talking about going from A to B and then going back to A, I was like, oh, that reminds me so much of, you know, I was in that auto accident a long time ago and I went to physical therapy and I'll always remember, like there was this one, you know, she was like, okay, we're going to do the exercise on this side. You know, and I did a few. And then the other side, which was my weak side, she was like, okay, we're going to do one. And uh, I was like, I thought I was doing one. Like literally it was a rep of zero. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was, it was, I was like, so she's like, okay, that's good. And I was like, wait, wait, you're bothering to write down zero. Like, is that, that's a start that I did. I tried and did nothing. And then as I progressed, one of the things that she said that always made me um, think was when I did three reps of that one exercise, I wanted to do at least four the next day. Otherwise, I'm not really working at all. And my physical therapist said that uh, growth is not always linear, no matter how hard you try to make it so. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it never dawned on me that sometimes when I did things and one, there was a result that I couldn't see that change was happening. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the kind of person who like, I think if I were like, I I always relate it to giving birth, like all the action happens in labor. Do you know what I mean? But it takes nine months of gestation for it to happen. But up until you see like the baby, like the first three months, I'd be like, you do nothing person. You're just barely getting pregnant. You know, not like that, but you know what I mean? Like, that's how like my brain thinks. If I can't see the result instantly, I must be going nowhere. There's no point. I've ruined it all. Like, what's the point? And I like the idea of taking things one step at a time and not being so tied to needing to do it perfectly. And because I didn't do perfectly, that's why I don't have a result yet to just sit, you know what I mean? In that empty part. Mm-hmm. And I think too, there's value in not only being comfortable with the, the zero potentially, um, or going from, you know, going, going back even. So maybe one day the three, now it's two. I think the other thing is if you do stop for whatever reason, um, and it is something that you really want to do that there's the, the, keeping a hold of that dream or that goal or whatever um, it is for you, that value of the restart. Um, So just, I mean, I just, I cannot say it enough about how, how important it is. I keep saying to keep move, keep moving forward. And sometimes just restarting is the moving forward. So if it's something that you really want to do, something that you really want to learn, an experience, whatever the case may be, um, that there is the value in getting restarted and finding um, 
finding that positive in knowing that you're not giving up. I think um, for a long time for me with things, I would just really just pile on the shame about quitting. Um, I dislike that word, um, quitting, but let's face it, that's what I was doing. So whatever new thing I was trying, um, you know, healthy eating has always been one of those things for me. So I, I definitely identify with the starting on Monday. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but because some of these things are just so uh, cyclical or, you know, you start, you stop, you start, you stop, I would just hone in and focus only on the fact that I stopped that one more time. I couldn't do it one more time. I was not perfect. One more time I failed. And lately um, what I've been really, what I came to recognize and have been trying to focus on is I haven't given up. Yes. I've stopped. And maybe sometimes that stopping is an extended period. Um, But I keep getting back up. I keep trying it. And every time I've learned a little something more valuable uh, to help me on this next segment of whatever path this is for me. And I feel like that is, again, that positive and that is the win. And that, you know, has been able to help me translate into other parts of my life to just recognize, hey, yes, this is imperfect. It's very messy at times, but you keep going and you keep moving forward. You've come back and you're back at A again, way to go. You're back on the, you know, kind of that starting line Um, and just trying again. And I don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I don't, I don't want to feel bad about restarting and I don't want other people to feel bad that they maybe haven't made it all the way to Z um, but they're back and they're trying again yeah I always while you were saying that I got like a vision because you know I love I mean I saw it way late because I didn't think it would be my type of movie but it turned out to be exactly my type of movie which was Rocky and you know, they always put the hard work in the montage, you know what I mean? Because hard work doesn't even look good when you're doing it with a movie star, you know what I mean? On a big screen. So, and you got to get the big score behind it. But what I loved about the, you know, the original Rocky montage is they show him trying to get up those steps. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and each day he kept trying. And I've got to remember, if he would have run up the steps and then they did the big sweeping motion with the soundtrack and he got it on the first try it wouldn't be the amazing scene that they literally in the last movie they show at the end credits, they literally show people who run up to the top and are just doing that last scene because they want to reenact that kind of excitement. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's excitement from just running upstairs, but it's the excitement that after his long, hard run, he wants to run up those stairs. And the fact that he failed over and over and over again, that he finally conquers it or not even failed, just didn't do it and just kept trying, made it an even bigger win. And that's something I just literally have to remember is just because I start something and I don't have what it takes in that moment for whatever reason, it could be resources, it could be life circumstances, or it could be some of my own self-defeating nature. It doesn't mean that necessarily I haven't gained anything from that, mm-hmm. that there's something to be had in having put forth the effort in the first place. It's a courageous act to try and, you know, they always say, I mean, I think I, one of my biggest issues and, I'm, and that I'm working to overcome all the time 
is that consistent that consistency not a foolish consistency consistency you know i can give up on some things when i realize this isn't what i want but that sort of lack of faith that i can keep going and that's why it's great to be around positive people and also to just start starting is really hard and then um keeping going is even harder and then not to be perfectionistic about how you end like do you remember that um the YouTube video, there's this YouTube video where a person was trying to run a marathon and their legs literally almost gave out underneath them. Mm-hmm. And they literally like, like cobbled and hobbled all the way to the finish line. And it was one of the most inspirational things I'd ever seen was them just using everything they had to sort of crawl across that line to finish. And I've just got to keep that image in my mind that it doesn't have to be that, you know, that one where you break through the tape and your arms are out, you, you know, you know, you look, you know, those people always look fantastic, even though they're all sweaty, like that, that picture, I'm not going to say is never going to be me. I'm just going to say that I have a harder time seeing that vision of me. But I got to say, I didn't think, I didn't thought even more in some ways of the person who literally crawled their way to the end. Like I literally get choked up just thinking about it now, because it's something I, I think in the past, I, I want to believe I could be that person. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so why not try mm-hmm. to do that? Like, it doesn't have to look beautiful to be done. Like, messy and imperfect all the way through. Right. Because that's the, that's the thing about the start is if you're looking for, you know, if you've got that perfect end in mind or, or that idealized version of the end in mind, um, you know, it is, and I'll just speak for myself, it's hard to start because then there's that fear that I'm going to get it wrong. And then like you said, then it's all going to be ruined. So if I don't start, I can't get anything wrong. And that is, you know, along the lines of the, um, that need to be perfect. I think there is something too. It's a little bit different to the, um, the, the not wanting to make a mistake. I feel like, yes, I want it to look perfect and idealized, but I also don't want to make any errors on the way. So, and that's, that is not at all realistic. (laughs) Of course, we are going to make errors along the way, but my brain just says, uh, no, thank you. I want to be, not only do I need it to look idealized and perfect, but I need to also be perfect along the whole way. So there are no Yes, it's the impatience to get to the end, but it's also, I don't, I historically have not had a lot of um, uh, sort of grace for myself to be okay with making an error and learning along the way. And sort of like you said, with uh, or referenced with the, um, with the rocky stair running, um, there, there has to be learning along the way when you do some of these things and the learning comes from not doing something correctly or the mistakes or whatever word um, has the least amount of um, negative connotation to it. I think that's when, (laughs) that's when the learning comes and that's when the growth comes. And then that's when you are able to get along to that next step. Um, But sometimes I am just so worried about making a misstep that I don't even start. Oh, oh, this. Okay. So 
as a middle schooler, I'll say that I was an odd person. You know, I was an original person. Let's put it that way. I was an original person, uh, but my originality didn't necessarily manifest itself in being invited a great deal of places with a lot of other children my age. So at one point I was invited to go ice skating and I roller skated a lot as a kid because I'd roller skates, but I'd never been ice skating before. And so I was so excited to go to this party, but I didn't want to look ridiculous because I didn't get invited to a lot of places and I didn't want to like stick out or do anything wrong. Do you know what I mean? And so I went out and I skated and I didn't do anything wrong. Like I didn't even, well, so I went home after the party and my dad said, how was the, the ice skating party? And I said to him, uh, it was great. I didn't fall down once. And my dad said, well, maybe you didn't try hard <laughs> enough. And in that moment, my victory for me was just not embarrassing myself. But in that second, I realized I didn't actually have a good time at all. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad's, you know, he was just being funny, but it was just like, he doesn't realize that in that moment, that's all I ever think about sometimes when I'm doing something like what I rob myself of for feeling. And I know why, by the way. I know why I'm afraid of doing things imperfectly. I'm afraid that the evil judging person that I am to myself inside my head mm. is manifested in other people who are literally like, I feel like I'm being like as a kid, I used to, and I still sometimes do, but not with this exact picture. When I heard about Santa and the naughty and nice and, you know, God's watching you about doing good things. Like I literally imagined like a judge and jury full of Santa's just judging <laughs> me to be, full of myself or big headed or, you know what I'm saying? Just like, and so when I go out there and I do something and I'm really showing that I'm trying, which is terrible, you know, nobody likes anybody who tries really hard, right? That's not cool. Uh, so I'm trying really hard and I'm failing. You know, the judgy Santas are out there sniping saying she thought she was so great. Mm. Oh yeah. Look at her. Oh yeah. Sure. You're so awesome. Oh, don't you think you're great? Ha ha. You know what I mean? You're ridiculous. We always thought you were, we knew you were a dork the whole time. We knew you were a loser. Like I legit, even if they're not saying it out loud, am sure. And there may or very, very well be somebody reveling in my um, imperfectness as it manifested sometimes what I could call um, a happy disaster or a very depressing disaster but disaster nonetheless, like somebody may indeed be reveling in my mistakes and my false starts, but why am I living my life afraid of that jerk? Right. And one of the things I've found about that, because I have the same thing, there's just this assumption that people are waiting to catch you out doing something <laughs> ridiculous or imperfect, messy, um, is most of the time people aren't even paying attention to me. <laughs> no. So I should be so lucky that somebody's <laughs> watching me fall on my ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? They might help me up, but they're not looking at all. Right. So not only am I robbing myself of the experience, but I'm doing it based on things that aren't even real. Um, and that just comes down to, again, this need or this kind of core belief that it has to be perfect and that people are waiting for me to do it incorrectly to, I guess, make fun of me or make me feel bad. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that most people can relate to that sense of, oh gosh, 
not only am I going to be imperfect uh, or messy about this thing or not get it right or whatever the case may be, um, but now I have to do that and people are going to see it. And that's even worse. It's bad enough doing something wrong and I'm the only one to be aware of it because, you know, I am my worst critic. Uh, but then to add on other eyes to that is oof, sometimes kind of kind of unbearable to think about. And so there we are again, not starting something um, or not <laughs> kind of like you said, not progressing or not trying the harder version of the thing that we're doing. So um, I imagine you as the little middle schooler just like grasping the, the side of the rink, <laughs> like just don't fall um, when you might have been able to, you know, maybe you would have fallen if you'd let go or whatever. Um, but more than likely, we miss out on that opportunity to um, join in as well with other people in our imperfection, because sometimes when you're making those kinds of errors, falling, whatever, there's joy in that. Look at how imperfect I am. My gosh, I can't skate. Right, or that person who really sells their terrible karaoke, which by the way, I've never had the courage to do. I've never done karaoke in public ever, despite the fact that I was like a music major and I am not the world. And I even recorded an album where I sing on the record, like a comedy album where I sing. I still can't do karaoke. <laughs> I've never done karaoke it's either. So embarrassing. Oof, maybe we're on to something here. I know, maybe that's one of the things we're going to just have to go ahead and go for. But what's really funny, okay, so, but there have been times where we've both done things, where we've triumphed mm -hmm. over our need to be perfect. And it's usually for something that I just want with all of my heart. Do you know what I mean? I just, or, or well, every once in a while, though, it's it's a weird thing, because if I want it so much, I wait for forever. Mm -hmm. Like, one of my dreams was to do stand-up comedy. And it took me five years before I finally did it. And I know what made me finally mm -hmm. do it. One, uh, I'd waited so long. And two, I started to, uh, I did all my research and it was this sort of scarcity model. This, those, the club I started at doesn't exist anymore. It's Uncle Funny's. And you used to have to call Uncle Funny's on the first Wednesday of the month at exactly 4.30 to get your open mic opportunity. And I continually forgot at 4.30 forever. And then one week I remembered at like 4.25, dialed and got the date. And not only did I get the date, but I was telling someone else, because I was a journalism major at the time, uh, working at like a, like a magazine, I told them that I was going to do it. And they were like, you should write a first person story about doing mm. comedy. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be great. And then I realized, oh no, not only have I told everyone and I have a date that I have to go up and I now have a writing assignment that I have to do. Uh, I don't have any jokes. <laughs> like I haven't, I just, I just, I just started with a call. And so literally that day, because I told people I was accountable, I had to just go with what I had. And I think that's a really valuable tool is the telling someone, you know, and you can't just tell anybody because some people are discouraging, finding someone to tell, like you and I decided we were going to do this podcast. So we had a date and we said, we're going to, I mean, remember, like we were both like, I don't know if we want to talk today because we might have to do this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it's the power of a deadline mm -hmm. and it's a power of accountability mm -hmm. that makes you do for yourself what you might not have done had you not asked for help or even just suggested to others. Like you, you, only, you almost speak yourself into mm -hmm. action. 
Now I've done plenty of things where I told everybody I'm going to do it and that it feels like I did it and that I didn't do it. But this one had the accountability and a deadline. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what you get from that as well is support. So yes. there, so that it doesn't necessarily seem quite as scary. So yes, you have that deadline. You have the fact that you've told people um, and there is the accountability to, well, I said I was going to do it, uh, you know, and I like to be a person of my word, so I'm going to do it. There is that, but there is also that moment when you tell someone who is truly supportive of you just as a general human being, um, and you tell them and they get super excited about the thing that you've told them. <laughs> and yes. then you're just like, uh, I don't know, I feel that there is an extra energy to it. Not as if you need their permission or you need their blessing or, or anything like that, but just that it is that extra bit of comfort to say, um, yeah, I can do this. And because um, my thing sometimes is I worry that I'm, <laughs> I sometimes worry that I'm crazy for thinking I can do some of the things I, I want to do. And you know, you said, who do you, you know, your phrase was, who do you think you are? And mine is, oh, well, that's not meant for you. So other people can do that thing, but hmm, that's not for you, young lady. Um, So it is great when you can share those things just as a little extra oomph and like, yes, actually that thing is meant for you and you should go and try it. And when you do come back and tell me about it, because I want to, you know, I want to celebrate that victory with you. And I think that's what has really helpful about sharing with the right people. And that's the key is it has to be the right people. You can't, uh, I mean, you can share your, your ideas and your thoughts and your goals with whomever you want. I mean, there's, there's no limit there, but your return on investment um, is going to be with those people that truly care about you. And sometimes um, that is a bit of a learning curve to figure out who you can take that stuff to that they either won't try to talk you out of it, um, won't rob you of the joy in some way, but are really truly going to be rooting for you um, as you're, as you're working on doing this thing. Yeah, that could definitely be a process. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why I think it's like, you know, you know, eventually with this, you know, we have, we have big plans on putting together like a community where people can meet each other. Do you know what I mean? And then also listening to some people. And there was a time in my life where I didn't have that, where I was that for other people. Mm -hmm. But what I got back in return is, oh, Mm. all right. Or worse, or what do you want to do that for? Oh, that's ridiculous. You know, like, like a lot of times people have this sort of Pollyanna attitude where it's like, hey, you should go for that. And then the world is just going to lay it out before you. No, the reason why I've hesitated in the past is because I've legit been, you know, oh, you, you don't seem like a comedian at all. You know what I mean? Like, you don't seem funny, like flat out, like your worst nightmare has been manifested. Like, I mean, I used to tell you, and we won't get into a long discussion, but like, um, I have been, I've struggled to be secure with the way I look. And people are always like, what's your problem? And I was like, literally people called me ugly. I didn't come up with this idea on Mm -hmm. my own. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not, you know, scarred irreversibly for that, but it's just like, I don't want somebody sitting out there listening. And I'm glad that you mentioned it thinking that, 
oh, well, I don't have any of those people in my life. It's like, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It took a long time before you and I met. And I had to just, and also I had to do the uncomfortable thing where I had to sort of let people drift Mm -hmm. away or cut off people who were legit keeping me small so they could feel Mm -hmm. big. Yeah. And I think that is, some of that comes just with age and experience. Um, But I think that we've all been in a situation where we've been super excited about something and we share it. And then it's just the excitement gets deflated. Now, sometimes it's big enough that you're going to keep doing it regardless. Um, But even if that's the case, there is, I find for myself, um, in those instances, that person's voice is still with me the whole time. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. even if I've decided, you know what, that person they don't know what they're talking about. I'm, I'm still going to do this thing. Um, there is that voice at the back of my head, uh, along with my own, uh, you know, that tends to sometimes question what I, what I'm choosing, um, or try to get me to not do it. Um, there is that person though, in the back of your mind. And then sometimes that just, again, robs you of the joy of the situation. Even if you get what you want, you you meet your goal, you have that experience, um, there can be a little bit of a, I, I mean, at the risk of sounding like a Debbie Downer, there, there just can be, it can be less exciting and less fulfilling, I think, um, if you know going into it, you're, you're not fully supported. Um, so I think... I've only had to have that happen a few times and then start playing things a little closer to the vest um, and really just figuring out who it's safe uh, to share things with. Because, you know, anytime you're putting a lot of effort into something, you just, you want to be excited. Um, Even when it's difficult, you want to be, have that positive energy or that excitement to keep you moving. Um, I just, I've found that to be, really important to sticking with it. Yeah. And I do feel like there's a certain time when there's excitement where you can hold it to yourself and then wait until like you sort of nurture that excitement and that feeling within yourself before you put it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Then, then you can speak it into the world and, and watch who you talk to. So it's like, and then, you know, set like little deadlines because there's nothing. And, and a deadline means a date and time. I mean, we had the deadline today mm-hmm. of 4 PM today. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about it. We're calling. We're going to make it happen. And you even went out and told people that you were doing this. You were starting a podcast um, in your life and got that mm-hmm. excitement. Do you know what I mean? And I even did the same thing myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a combination of just trying on those different things to get the support. And in the end, realizing that the vision does rest with me. I saw somebody say in a YouTube video once that don't get to, to not get too upset when people don't have your vision because it's your mm. vision. It's been gifted to you. If they had your vision, they would do it. Like they, they would see it too. You know what I mean? So if you have a vision that people don't support and you want it enough, you know, you can find people who support that online or through books you read or through podcasts you listen to <laughs> hint, hint. Um, and then just keep coming back and build it that way until you can get into a place where you have a community. I had the good fortune of starting off with a very, uh, my parents were very busy and my family was a very busy family and we may not have had a tremendous amount of materialistic support, but I will say I did have a lot of 
positive support in some ways. Not perfect, but very mm-hmm. positive. Uh, and I think a lot of people get the negative. Sometimes people have the misfortune of having a lot of negative uh, influences and the why do you want to do that in the form of protection. They don't mean it poorly or sometimes they do mean it poorly, but they don't have that luxury of having it you know, mm-hmm. built in from when they first started. Uh, but I do think that you can get it. You can get it online. You can get it. There's more ways than ever. Even though it's easier to feel alone in your room, especially, you know, with things that are happening in current events, but who knows when people are listening to Mm -hmm. this, uh, there is a lot of ways to reach out uh, and to, you know, use those Mm -hmm. kind of tools. Just just figuring out a way to break it down and start setting a deadline, enlisting people for support, having some accountability uh, and just be willing to keep trying and not and not feel bad if it all doesn't go your way and not even feel bad for feeling bad when things don't go your way, if you know what I'm saying. I do. I think, too, just to step back to the support piece, the other piece uh, that's important um, about figuring out who to share it with is you really have to be make sure that you're sharing not only some, with someone who's going to be supportive, but also with someone uh, with someone whose opinions you value, because whether you're really inviting it or not, they're going to share their opinion with you. And it just makes it a lot more challenging if you not only have to wade through your own, your own thoughts trying to figure it out, but now you're also having to wade through someone else's opinions and trying to figure out, okay, well, do I value that? Do I not? Is it right? Is it not? Um, and I'm losing my my thread there a little bit, but I just, I think I had someone tell me once your ideas are like, bear with me. She said, your ideas are like a muffin. So you want to hang on to your muffin and be careful of who you're sharing it with, because every person that you kind of present that to or share it with is going to take a piece of it. And the more people that you share it with, the less of the, of your idea, um, you're going to have left at the end. Um, and that to me was incredibly helpful because what I found back then was that I would kind of shop my ideas around. Okay. I think I want to do this. And then I would just kind of go to this person and this person, and this person, I guess, looking for validation that it was a right, a right thing, or like, yes, it's something I really could do. Um, and then by the end I got, I had gotten so many kind of pieces taken out of the idea or people who were kind of reworking what I was looking to do, it wasn't my thing in the end. And I usually ended up just kind of letting it go because it was no longer, uh, no longer interesting or something that I wanted to pursue. You know, it's so interesting. It's one of the things that I realized when I'm writing my books or when I was writing short stories, when I started becoming a writer, Um, A lot of times there are these critique groups and it's really, you really do have to be careful with that critique group because a lot of times people are critiquing you on the story they would have written if they had Mm -hmm. that idea. And that doesn't necessarily match up with your vision. So it is like a balancing act. But I think, you know, the great thing about committing to doing things imperfectly is that you could see, oh, wait a minute, I'm shopping this idea around too much. I could just, you know, keep it to myself. Or next time I'll remember not to ask as many people. Do you know what I mean? And then just keep doing it, messy and imperfect. Like I always worry that if I don't write the walk the exact straight way, you know, just like when I was doing my little gardening thing, I was worried if I didn't space the seeds just right or have the right soil or do all the things that it wouldn't grow. But 
you know, life and dreams can be incredibly resilient. They're not this fragile thing that can only handle the absolute most perfect conditions. People get tied up and that was my one opportunity or my one shot, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. believe in that. I think there are many ways to solve a problem and many ways to make a dream mm-hmm. happen. And um, just embracing that you can give it a try and try it all again later is like the greatest way to get started, which is the best way to get closer to where you want to mm-hmm. be in life. Because my old way of just sitting around waiting until I got it all right before I even take mm-hmm. one step just didn't work. Or if it could have worked, it just took too much to try and get it to work. I think there's something to be said for timing as well. So part of that um, Mm -hmm. messy and imperfect is maybe if it doesn't work out the first time, it just wasn't the right time. So for me, I know when I was in high school, you know, I thought about going into nursing and, oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? And I just, I didn't have the confidence. Um, I didn't think I was smart enough. Uh, So I just kind of let that go. And I thought, you know what? Um, That's just not, again, that's not meant for me. That's, that's for someone else. And, you know, 20 years later, it came back and I was in a place where, you know, obviously I was older and more mature, had some, uh, had better self-confidence. And what I realized going through nursing school is there, uh, it definitely was something I needed to do when I was older, just because I had a, I had more maturity, had more of a um, solid maturity level that would help me buckle down and do the studying uh, that is required to be able to get through that program successfully. So sometimes it might not work out. Like you said, it might not work out that first time and there might be a long gap before it comes back to you. Um, and that can be part of the imperfection of ultimately of ultimately getting where you want. It can be part of, as you said, um, one of the many dreams, uh, many ways rather a dream can actually look. Right. And nobody, I have this feeling like if I plant the seed and it doesn't sprout immediately, that it's never going to mm-hmm. be a tree. And that's just not how it works mm-hmm. all the time. Sometimes I've literally seen plants growing up from underneath concrete in a crack. You know what I mean? Dreams and life is incredibly resilient. I mean, it can be fragile at times, but it can also be very mm-hmm. resilient. So it's never all ruined. You know what I mean? There's never, there's never just one right. chance. There's always, it might, things, I've got to stop worrying about what it's going to look like and just start enjoying what it is. Yeah. Because that's, that's what life is. You can't worry about the thing. I mean, yes, of course we need to be safe and and watch out for things, but if I spend all my time worrying about what's going to happen at this far off time down the road, well, what am I doing right now? Right now is, is the living part right now in the messy and in the imperfect is where life is. So this is where I need to have my focus. You know, Brianna, that is a really good thought. And I think a really good way uh, to wrap up what we've been doing. Can you believe we've actually uh, imperfectly pulled off the greater portion of this podcast in essentially one take? It was messy and it was imperfect, but we did it. We started. All right. So that wraps up our very first episode on being 
messy and imperfect. And at the, every, at the end of every single one of these episodes, we want to give a mission to ourselves and you are welcome to join along. This week's mission was to do something messy and imperfect. And for us, it was to do this first episode of the podcast. So I guess uh, we'll listen to this back and report how it went to you next, next week. Yes, we will. And speaking of next week, we are going to be talking about why it's difficult to admit what you truly want. So we are excited to talk next week on this topic and excited to talk to you. If you have questions or a comment or a topic that you would like to share with us, we want you to reach out. You can send us an email at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. I'm Brianna G., And I'm Christy Murphy. Uh, Thanks for joining us this episode and we'll see you next time.